Here at Discovery Call, I seek to answer the one question that many business owners have. How do I do it all? You are a complete rock star at what you do, but you also have to be the marketer, the sales rep, the bookkeeper, and the project manager, and it can become overwhelming. I am with you on this one, and I don't claim to be an expert, but I am insanely curious on how we move someone from discovery to onboarding. So journey with me, and let's become intentional and strategic on the entire discovery process for your business. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Welcome back to Discovery Call. I am Danny Hamlet, your host, and today we're going to talk with a copywriter. So many months ago, I was telling people, you know who I really want on this podcast is a copywriter. I am very passionate about copywriting. It is something that I do as a social media manager, as I'm writing captions for different purposes. And I really want to talk to someone who is exclusively doing copywriting and really unpack what that's all about. So I was recommended to Elle Roselli, and she is absolutely amazing. You can clearly tell we are having a ton of fun on this podcast, and I just absolutely love that perspective, this perspective she gives as a copywriter, and you're just going to have so much appreciation for the work that she does. So without further ado, let's get into it. Well, welcome to the podcast. Can you share listeners who you are and what you do and just a little bit about like where you're from? Absolutely. So I'm Elle Roselli. I am a conversion copywriter for coaches, consultants, and course creators. Um, I do love the alliteration there. Yes. Um, And I'm, I'm based just north of Edmonton, Alberta, up here in Canada. And I remember that we were talking about this earlier and you have recently switched to being that that full-time copywriter. So what was that transition like for what you were doing before? Yeah, that's um, before I was doing something much different. <laughs> I was a dental hygienist for over a decade. I, I was working for a large corporation as well as actually teaching at my old university, which I loved. Um, but then, you know, I think a lot of people have this story with the pandemic and things changed. And for me, it was a lot of things all at once. My mom had been diagnosed with cancer. I was going on my second maternity leave. And then the pandemic hit. um, And just a lot of things were kind of up in the air for us. And we didn't really know what was going to happen. And I took a step back and thought about what I loved doing the most that I was already doing. And I was doing all this copywriting that I didn't know that that was even what it was called because I was writing newsletters and creating courses and a huge chunk of my, my role at this corporate dental office was doing all this writing. And it was my favorite part. And I thought, how can I just take that and turn that into the, the whole part? <laughs> so that's where copywriting kind of came into play. I went down a rabbit hole figuring out, um, you know, what do I need to really do to know that I have the techniques and I have the training to call myself a copywriter? And that's how I ended up here. <laughs> that is excellent. And it is quite the rabbit hole, isn't it? That, you know, you start that and you just realize so much. What was that most surprising thing that when you started really leading into copywriting, that was just a little bit eye-opening, like, wow, this is so much more than what it looks like from the outside. It was definitely the fact that so little of it is actually writing. <laughs> you, you, you could not have 
you could not have told me that before I got into copywriting, but Hey, actually like 10% of what you're going to do is actually right. So that was by far the most surprising thing. That is excellent. I, I think everyone listening who are not in the field of copywriting are thinking, wait, what? <laughs> so what is, what is the 80% or 90%? Like, what does that make up? Yeah. Um, so much of it, it goes into that upfront work. It's, it's about, you know, networking and meeting people, first of all. And then of course, doing the discovery calls and getting the clients and then once you're you're into that part of it and you've got a client, now it's the strategy, it's the researching, it's the diving so deep into all of these little nuances. It's the human psychology piece of the puzzle. Um, it's the outlining and the prep work. And then there's this tiny little piece that you do your writing in, and then you do the editing and the validation and the testing. And, and so there's just this this very small window where you're actually sitting down, head down, fingers to keyboard and, and making the magic happen. It is so true because it is such a process from start to finish when you have mm-hmm. that project. But in order to really speak to the audience and really understand what you're writing about, there's a ton of research. And I've heard it said before, and I've said it too, if you don't like researching, this wouldn't be the field for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You have to really enjoy the research and the nitty gritty. And that's where I think uh, sometimes I look back and I know I'm like, wow, I did all of this schooling um, because there's a lot involved with getting to the point where I was, a, you know, I was a registered dental hygienist. And, you know, this is for my dad who went, okay, I paid for all this schooling and now you're just going to scrap that and do something else. But so much of what I did in school was learning about great research techniques and about, you know, being not afraid to get really messy and get in deep and and sort of go down all of those rabbit holes that you have to go down when you're finally like, okay, now I'm ready to sit down, right? And I think that for that, I'm grateful to have that degree to fall back on where I had to learn all of that stuff. Exactly. Nothing's wasted. You know, all that time of learning, learning how to learn is basically that what it is because you take that into whatever you do. If you learn hard things back then, you can learn hard things again. (laughs) And I love love the fact that you said it gets messy because it's one thing about research. If you are doing it, it, it uncovers so much. It can feel very, very messy, but then what comes out of it is something awesome. So I love it. It's true. It can get overwhelming too. And sometimes you think your research is going to lead you in a certain direction, right? A lot of, a lot of copywriting, a lot of conversion copywriting is about developing these hypotheses that you're like, this is for sure. This is the way the message is going to go. And then you get into the research part of it and you go, Oh, wait a minute. Nope. That's not going to work. We're going to have to go in a different direction. And so I think that's where the the messy part of it comes in. Yes. And that is a really good sign of a copywriter who can do that deep dive into that psychology and like, actually what is, what is that reader going to actually like respond to and click with? And oftentimes, and I've heard this said before, and it's not that formal writing class that you took in college. Like that's not necessarily going to aid you in your copywriting. So like, do you have any examples of writing copy for a client? And it just you're just laughing because it's not really following any of those (laughs) rules you learned back then. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I would say that the majority of the writing that I do for clients does sort of, when you come back from it, 
it makes you laugh in how much you don't follow any of that um, structure that you were you were taught in school. And I mean, you're taught this formal way of writing. It's a very academic way of writing where you know you're encouraged to use large sentences with 30 commas, or you're encouraged to have these giant paragraphs with these tiny little line breaks where it's just like a, a brick wall of text right back at you. Um, whereas with copywriting, <laughs> you throw all of that away. All of a sudden, you've got all of this beautiful white space. You've got these shorter, sometimes very like one word sentences at times. You're starting with and, but, or, you know, you're just, you're throwing all of those school rules kind of out the window. But I think that in order to do that effectively, you really have to understand the rules in the first place. And then you can start going, okay, I'm going to ignore these. Exactly. You have to master the art before you start breaking breaking the art that's not really good but like breaking the rules <laughs> <laughs> so I love it <laughs> yes yes I was a English teacher online for you know up to six years and wow. I went into copywriting and the one thing that got me that I had to constantly go back and edit was contractions and from a writing I would teach my students you never use contractions always if you say can't it's cannot and I do that all the time when I write like I never write a contraction naturally I always have to go back and edit back in <laughs> but it's more informal and people are reading your copy in, in an informal setting and so those contractions are welcomed and it's just it's been something yes. I I I laugh at <laughs> but that's a great example because I do read sometimes copywriting where they where they haven't included the contractions and and to me um, it always trips me up. Now, in fact, the other day I put down a piece of fiction that I was reading because there were no contractions and I was like, "What in their speech?" And it was driving me crazy. Like every time there was a quotation from a character, there wasn't a contraction, and I literally was like, "I cannot read this book." So, but it's funny because you come from that background of obviously, like you say, that was a thing you use, you know, you didn't use contractions and now it's like my brain can't process something without them. Right. Yeah. It's like, it needs to be a little less formal. I love it. (laughs) Definitely. Cause we don't talk like that. And nobody says, unless you're really trying to emphasize something, you don't say you cannot do that. Right. Like it just doesn't even roll off the tongue. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We, we, the copywriter needs to write as people talk. And I, I love that. So you seem pretty clear on who you write for. So who is like that, that Mm -hmm. ideal client, where are they at in their business? What is, what are their needs that you're really helping them solve? Yeah. Um, so I work with people that really understand their business. So they're usually a little bit more established. Um, like I said, coaches, so that can be anyone from business to life, to fitness, um, consultants, like I've worked with attorneys, financial coaches, um, an environmental consultant. So kind of anyone that falls into that and, and, you know, consulting and coaching, of course, they're different things, but they really complement each other. So they're easy to kind of slide in from one to the next. Um, and then course creators. So because of the kind of material that I typically write for coaches and consultants, I'm writing a sales page for a course creator is very near and dear to my heart. Um, but usually they've been through their beta testing and they have a really good handle on their offer. And that's sort of the common theme with my clients is they tend to be usually in like the two plus year range where they know their brand identity. They really have a handle on who their audience is. 
they know their message. Maybe they need some help tweaking it. I'm good with doing that sort of strategy, but they know who they're messaging to. And, um, and certainly if that's not the place that they're at, I, I will and have had to say, you know, you have to work with a business strategist or a brand strategist first, because it just doesn't make sense to pay a professional uh, the amount of money you're going to pay a professional to write something that's going to change. And early in my career, I didn't know that. And I, I worked with I worked with people who didn't have that handle on it. And it just wasn't it wasn't serving them and it wasn't serving me. Um, to work with them because they're they're not going to be able to use it. And that's a terrible feeling when you write something for someone it's supposed to go on their website. And six months later, it's just literally garbage because their audience has changed or their brand identity has changed. Um, so the really common theme that my service providers have is that they know their business inside. That is really good. And yes, I think anyone who's done copywriting, you've, early on, you've felt that, you've seen that. You're like, all right, all that work was not useful. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely. It's a bad feeling when you go, like, was it me? Um, you know, and of course there's a learning curve and maybe it was a little bit you, right? But also um, it's the fact that that business no longer looks the same. So those beautiful words that you labored over to write for it, they just don't work anymore. They're not going to, they're not going to convert. And that's the name of the game, right? Yes. I love it. And that is so true because, you know, I have been kind of transitioning my business a bit into more of that social media management where I have this beautiful blend of writing and art as you could love as it. people could see. It. I also love art as well. Yes. And <laughs> the biggest thing for me that is what you're saying is that I would much rather step in and help manage that social media marketing, online marketing when they have talked to brand strategists or had gotten some business strategy yes. beforehand, it makes such a difference. And it can make what I do so much more powerful in the long run versus honestly, you feel like you're just piecing things together and hoping it works. And that's, um, yeah. yeah. So you are, it's, it's guesswork. If you don't know who the heck you're supposed to be targeting with your message or that brand sort of doesn't have a real identity, um, it's just guesswork. You're just really throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks at that point because you have nothing else to go by. And we all start <laughs> off with throwing spaghetti at the wall, but we all have to kind yes. of transition <laughs> to, okay, we got some strategies. I love it. I love <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so I asked all my guests this kind of question of what is that soapbox moment for you? What is like a, a tip or trick that you want to share with the audience? Um, and maybe someone who's looking for a copywriter, or maybe you want to speak to someone who is interested in going to copywriting. Yeah. For for what I find that seems to get glossed over the most, and it's not even something I knew about until I was well into copywriting. And it's sort of what we've already been talking about, but it's basically, it's that huge research phase that comes down to knowing the voice of the client. And I'm not talking about the client that you're writing for, the person that's paying for you, because they're your client, sure, but it's their clients that you have to convert. So it's them that you have to speak to. So there's sort of that hurdle that you have to get past where the person paying you has to sign off on what you've written. Um, but you really want to be targeting the person that they're speaking to. And so there is so much voice of client research that has to happen. I'm talking about interviews, surveys, 
um, even setting up if it's website copy, setting up like exit interviews and things that pop up on the page that are a little bit more, um, I guess, a little bit harder for them to ignore. But then also not just that, getting on and, and, and doing what you and I are doing right now, talking to them, just asking them questions and, and interviewing the clients. And so I just don't hear it talked about as much in copywriting. It tends to feel like it gets a little bit glossed over. Um, it's huge with conversion copywriting. And with conversion copywriting, you have to know a little bit of everything, right? It's a little bit of the SEO. It's a little bit of the direct response. Um, well, it's a lot of the direct response you have to be immersed in. And then it's it's just knowing your... It all comes back to knowing that customer. And so I think that the big thing is actually getting on a call and talking to people. And not just... Again, if you're not doing that, you're guessing. And surveys are great. But what I have found is people are people are very polished in a written survey, right? So if you ask them a question in a survey, they will give you that polished, perfect response that they think you're kind of looking for. Whereas when you interview someone, as you're very aware, you can get a little bit deeper, right? So they give you an answer. And if that answer doesn't go deep enough, you dig a little bit more. And so I think that it's really vital to actually have those conversations. And it can be awkward. And some of the clients that are paying you might be a little resistant to you talking to the clients that pay them. Um, but you know, it's just a matter of approaching it, making it kind of short and sweet and, and letting them, usually I let them choose who I'm going to talk to so they know that they have a good relationship with that person, that they can ask them for that kind of favor. But without it, you just don't have you don't have as as much to go by. You don't have anything to go by that's solid, right? Um, and so, yes, it's very much a soapbox, as you can tell. <laughs> I love it because you know what? I'll be honest. I don't think that is talked about barely at all when it comes to copywriting. No. So, right? you know, people think I'm going to jump into Facebook groups and I'll like read comments, which you do do that. Um, and course, it's good, yeah. but there comes a yeah. point where you just really need to talk to somebody and you're right. When mm -hmm. you are talking to somebody, you're going to hear the way they say something, what words yeah. they're actually using to describe <laughs> the experience and what's happening. So that is really good. And I think every introvert listening in who might be considering copywriting are just like, oh no, but you get, <laughs> you get good at it. You get better at it. The more you do it, you know how to make it comfortable for that person who is talking to you. So. Absolutely. You know, I absolutely identify as an introvert. I'm sort of, I always describe myself as an introvert in extrovert clothing because I can very much like, you know, I can put on the, um, I can put on this smile and get on the calls and, and do all the things that need to get done because I know that when I sit down to start writing, all of that legwork is going to make my job a million times easier. All of a sudden it's just going to kind of come together and it does. It tends to just kind of fall into place because you've done all of that extra work to get to the point where you've asked that person what they were doing before they had your solution and then what they were doing after. And you've got that beautiful transformation picture. And now when you sit down to write, I don't care what it is, whether it's a homepage, a sales page, an email, you just know that you, the words that you're using are the most likely to land. And of course, you're going to test it and validate it afterwards. But now you're not guessing. You have a really strong foundation to build. Excellent. 
That is so good. And yeah, it is so easy to write when you're prepared, you know what you're writing about. Most of the time that blank page stays really blank is you probably just haven't done enough research. You don't have enough material to work with. And so that is so good. That is very good. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. If you're staring at a blank page, go back to the research stage and it will be so much clearer. Yes, I love it. And so I don't think you probably... I was the question I tend to ask my my guest is like, okay, so like what are the signs that you you need your services? But I feel like copywriting is one area that most people figure out pretty quickly they need a copywriter. <laughs> I agree. It does feel like that. And I mean, a lot of my clients are strong writers. And sometimes that makes it a little bit intimidating <laughs> to work with them, right? Um, because you're like, oh, like they know how to write. They're a good writer. Most of them are active on social. Most of them are doing their own newsletters and they're good, strong writers, um, but they don't have the time. And that tends to be the common theme where it's like, how do you know you're really ready to work with a copywriter? Even if you're a strong writer, it's that you're just, you don't have the time to do it. You don't have the time to do it right. Well, all those pieces that we were talking about, because you can do the writing, sure. But all of those other little pieces that we were just talking about, um, they're time consuming and labor intensive. And so I think if you're drowning and you just know that you don't have the time to write things the way that they need to be to get those conversions, then you know it's time to work with a copywriter. Exactly, exactly. Knowing that, you know, the copywriting part is only 10%, like the actual writing part is only 10% of the work. (laughs) And yeah, especially when you're meeting people at that level in which they know that what they're doing is working, they have their, their base down, the time is very constrictive there. So I, I love that this is just an option for people to come in and just like connect with you and you can do that labor intensive work. So that's perfect. That's right. That's what I love to do. And that's my business, right? That's my zone of genius. So I can spend my time in that no problem. And then they don't have to, the coaches, the consultants, the course creators can focus on all of the other pieces of the puzzle and not worry about who's doing the writing. It's freeing up all the time for them to be in their zone of genius. Oh, I love it. So when someone wants to come work with you, can you kind of just briefly describe what that process looks like? What 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 does your onboarding process from their perspective look like? Yeah, I love this question. Um, it's usually that someone reaches out to me because um, I'm very active on, on LinkedIn and, and they've seen something that resonated or they've just been kind of lurking, right? I love that when they get a message from someone who's like, I love your content. And I've literally never seen their name before. So that's always kind of a nice feeling that what you're putting out there is working, right? And once they do that, we usually jump on a discovery call and it's very casual. It's a nice casual chat where I just, you know, I I kind of call it a vibe check. We're making sure that we're going to work well together because it's a two-way street, right? We want to make sure that Um, I can provide the best services for them and that it's going to work well. And as after the discovery call period, I send a proposal that's very detailed that tells them all about what working with me looks like, what the next steps are, and just makes it as easy as possible for them to say, okay, great, I'm going to choose this package. And then they're going to get that contract and we're going to get into all the strategy. And that's where the magic happens because we get you know, there's, there's homework. I always warn people, there's some homework involved here. We're going to get really deep into the strategy piece. And I can't tell you how many times a client will tell me like, this was such a great exercise because they've thought about all these things. It's all up in their head. Right. But to actually ask them to put it to paper, um, it, it tends to bring a lot of stuff up and it's just a very cool process. 
to go through with, with business owners who know their stuff and go, wow, this was such a clarifying exercise. Um, yeah, the strategy piece of it is kind of the big, the big piece that I think surprises most people, but also really works in their favor. That is fantastic. Yes, I have found sometimes, you know, being asked a good question honestly can give you more answers in your life than someone just giving you a good answer. You know, so that is so I powerful. Agree. Yes. I absolutely because you're articulating it from your point of view. And, and maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never said the words out loud before, right? And it can be pretty powerful to go back and say, wow, that made a lot of sense. And now you can use that. And that's the other cool thing is that sometimes just working with a copywriter, they're going to give you that copy. But now you've got all of that strategy and messaging in place, either to work with a copywriter again in the future or for yourself, if you do decide that you're going to continue doing your own writing. Exactly. I instantly thought of repurposing social media. It's so there's so much material right there. That yes. would be so good. <laughs> Absolutely. It. Repurposing. I had a client recently tell me that she basically took the homepage. We'd written like a huge one page website for her in kind of a sales page style. And she took like bits and pieces out of it. And she had all of the social content for so long because she was repurposing like pieces off of her homepage. I love to hear that. That's great. Yes. I just, I love the fact that you have that strategy piece in the onboarding process. Mm -hmm. I have found that too. Um, people are just kind of reaching out to you and like, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And I'm like, oh, it's just <laughs> so fun to have people like that you're reaching out to and there, you just don't see them yet. <laughs> so it's a ton of fun. <laughs> I agree. It's cool. It's validating, right? Like you're like, oh, wow, it's working. You kind of, I always have this moment. It doesn't matter how many times it's happened. I always have this moment of it's working. Oh my gosh, this was, this was the plan all along. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When you first start and any business owner, you first start, you are putting your content out there. You're doing that, that thing that you're supposed to do. And you feel like you're throwing things to the wind, but it, it does, it does work in time. So screaming into the void, right? Like you feel like, is anyone listening? And then you get that validation that it's working and you go, wow, okay. They are listening. This is great. I love it. So what are you learning right now? Now this could be business related or personal. What is something that you're learning right now in your life? I love it. I'm diving deep into brand voice right now. So I don't know if you know um, or if you're familiar with Justin Blackman. He does pretty fly copy, but he's the, the brand ventriloquist. And so he has written for like 400 different, 400 or more different businesses, all with their own unique brand voice. right? And he has this amazing course, Write Like Anyone. And I'm, I'm, I'm submersing myself in it right now and just learning even more about the strategy between finding those um, words, the tone and the cadence for the brands themselves. So there's the, the voice of client piece of it. And then there's the actual brand voice identity. And I have the framework. I, I was lucky enough to get his framework through Copy Hackers Copy School. But now I'm going like, I think he describes it as 37 levels deeper into his uh, Write Like Anyone course. And so that has been, it has just been the coolest thing to learn to feel just ultra confident that when I'm looking and I'm I'm reading all of these different um, pieces of content from a brand. It's made it that much easier for me to actually plot their voice on a graph, which, you know, it sounds really out there because everyone has a unique voice, but it's all about knowing that voice and then being able to kind of, um, as Justin explains it, tweak the levers 
so that it's exactly in their unique in their unique voice and you could write you can replicate it which is behind behind cost the number one concern for every client is is it going to sound like me and so i really want to be able to say with absolute certainty it will sound like you that is excellent yes that is a huge part because mm-hmm. people are really nervous to hire someone on and be like is it going to actually reflect my business and sound like me so that is Amazing. I'm going to have to look into that myself because that just sounds great. like, wow. <laughs> That's Highly awesome. recommend it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good. Excellent. All right. So I'm sure there's someone here who like, I just need to connect with you. So where are you found online and what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah. So you can definitely reach you from my website, which is clearcopyworks.com or on LinkedIn. And um, I think you have the, the link for my, my LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I'm definitely an active there. That's the, that's the best place to kind of get to you quickly, but otherwise you can visit my website or email me at L E L L E at clearcopyworks.com. Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. This is just awesome. And I, I feel like I learned even new things here today. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much, Danielle. This was a lot of fun. All right, so you know what to do. If you're looking for a copywriter, you're going to find all of the links in the show notes to connect with Elle. Or if you just want to connect with her on LinkedIn, this is an awesome opportunity for you to expand your network. I just love the behind the scenes perspective that she gives us into the life of a copywriter, but also grow just the appreciation for the work that copywriters do just a little bit more. Amen. One more thing before you go, I am currently offering what I would call a free ad space in a way for your business on this podcast that no one has taken me up on yet. And here is how this will go down. First, you leave a review, could be on Spotify or Apple podcast on my website. It makes it pretty easy to do this actually. So, okay. First step. Yeah. Go to their website, leave a review. And then at the bottom of the website, it's, you're going to see a little microphone button. That is a place where you can record your little promotion of your business. So you tell us who you are, what you do, give your elevator pitch, and how we can find you online. If you do those things, if I can verify that you left a review and you leave a voice memo, I will slide you into this podcast and spread the word about what you do. So, hey, I need a first. So someone take me up on this. (laughs) All right. Well, without further ado, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for coming in for another discovery call. I will see you again next time. 